Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. Well, are you ready to get into the Word of God this morning? Well, today we are going to just do a little bit of a jump off as to what we talked about last week. But I said to you uh, that we're getting ready to step into a new series or do a new series. And next week is, is when we're going to begin that. Uh, some have asked the question, uh, and again, you realize not everybody's familiar with the way uh, we do church. And so somebody had asked, well, why do you do series or why do you do series at the church? And really, that's just a, a way that we label it. But really uh, using or doing a series, what it allows us to do is to teach more in depth and minister on a subject. You know, you could uh, uh, skip around from one subject to the next, from one Sunday to the next, and therefore you realize that you'd get a little bit here and a little bit there. But when you're able to just take a, a topic and start to teach on it systematically, you begin to grow, you begin to apply it, you have a greater understanding. And so what it allows us to do when we do a series is we'll have a topic, but we just to get to go further and deeper each week. Amen? And so if, again, if you wonder why that was the case, that's, that's the why behind the what. Amen. So I just give you a little bit of teaser as to next week as to what we're going to be ministering on. Uh, there is a woman uh, that was a minister several years ago. Her name was Amy Simple McPherson. And uh, her ministry was primarily uh, being used by God in the area of healing. She would uh, hold uh, great crusades. And when she would minister, oftentimes they would pray for the sick and the sick would recover. And so this particular meeting, crusade that she was hosting, uh, before she got up to minister, the Lord began to talk to her and he says, I want to do creative miracles tonight. And so she just got up and began to share what the Lord spoke to her heart. And she says, the Lord wants to do creative miracles tonight. And so if you have need of a creative miracle, come on up here and we're going to minister to you and God's going to do something special. And so she tried to get people to come up. She, she just began to exhort people for 10 minutes and nobody came up. And so, because nobody came up, she just proceeded to start preaching her message. And so, as she started preaching her message, the Lord kept stirring her heart and says, I want to do creative miracles tonight. And so, she stopped in the middle of the service and she says, I can't get away from this. The Lord keeps talking to me and says he wants to do creative miracles. And so, she started to talk for an additional 10 minutes to try to get people to come forward. And finally, after 10 minutes, this little lady comes up. I think she came up in a wheelchair and she had a blanket over top of her lap. When she got up to the front, she pulled back the blanket and there was a little newborn baby on her lap there was the baby was born with no legs no arms and a deformed face and the woman said well i know you kept saying god's wanting to do creative miracles i just didn't know how creative you were meaning so she went down to where the little baby was prayed for the baby, nothing real special, just prayed a simple prayer. After they prayed for the baby, she says, now let's just worship the Lord. So they just began to worship God approximately 30 minutes. And as they began to worship God, legs and arms grew out. Hallelujah. 
and the face was made brand new. Amen. Now, how many of you know that God is the same yesterday as He is today? And so here is the title of our message, I Know You Are, But Who Am I? And so, again, that's, that story is a little bit of a teaser as to what we're going to begin to look at because God is so good and God is so faithful and God has saw you and loved you and wants to do so much in your life to reveal His love and His goodness. Amen? So you don't want to miss this new series because we're going further and deeper in God and we're going to grow as a result of it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, let's jump into this message this morning. Uh, just uh, moving forward as to a little bit what we talked about last week. If you recall, last week we said that the title of our message was simply entitled, uh, uh, I Love My Church. And we started talking about the significance of the place of the church uh, in our personal lives as believers. And that really there is a significance of unity within the body of Christ. That God desires for us to come together in one accord, to be of the same heart and the same mind and having the same voice. And as doing so, we see in the scripture that when people come together like that, there's nothing that they can't accomplish. And when we're doing it for God, God gets behind them and we begin to see God just do some amazing things. Amen? But now here's what I want you to begin to really... Uh, uh, Put together in your mind that if you're seeing a church that is extremely unified, if you see a church that is being significant within a community, if you see a church that is having great influence in the lives of those people around the church, then one thing that you can know for sure is that if the church is unified, then there are families in the church that are unified. And let me even take it down further that if you have a unified church, you have unified families, but you have unified husbands and wives. You have unified mothers and fathers. And you have unified people that are marching to the same beat and God's showing up and showing off as a result of people being in one accord. Amen? And so the scripture says this in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Again, you know it well, but in the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together lest they be in agreement? Now, once again, how many of you know that it is so significant for us as the people of God to be walking in the same direction as the local church? But once again, the strength and the direction of the local church is only as strong as the family unit are walking in sync and unified together. Amen? And so it's so important for us to be on the same page as husbands and wives, as mothers and fathers. Now, when we start to look at just this process of the family, many of us are married, maybe some of us are widowed or uh, divorced or things of that nature. Maybe you've just been single, maybe you're still young looking for your most significant other. But one of the things that I, I can probably say is a safe bet, that for most of us that are married or have been married, the person that we ended up marrying was probably not the first person that we dated. <laughs> right? I, I mean, the, the, and, and when I talk about dating, I'm, I'm not talking about that high school puppy love. I'm talking about where you really got serious with somebody. And, and really, that first person that you got serious with, probably more than anything, was just physical attraction. Right? And then after the physical attraction, then you learn something and like, <laughs> we won't do that one again. And then we'll, you start to make wiser choices, hopefully, for the next person that you date. 
and then ultimately maybe you marry that person that you really got serious with after you've kind of filtered some things. And I can only speak from personal experience. That's the way that it was with me. You know, the very first person that, you know, I really got serious with, you know, she was uh, popular, and it was one of those things where it's just like, you know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're caught up because of the physical attraction. But, you know, when I, was, when I started dating her, you know, I wasn't walking with Jesus like I should. Well, so the reflection of who I picked was a reflection of where I was with Jesus. But then the more serious that we started talking, all of a sudden things started coming into focus, and God began to speak to my heart, and I'm starting to discover real fast, we are not in agreement. We are not walking in the same direction. And man, it just got rocky, it just got hard, and it just got really, it, it was horrible. And finally, that one just dissolved. You know, and it's interesting, you know, when you find that person, you know, you think you're, it's the end of the world. I'll never find somebody again. I mean, I was only 20, 21 years old, and I had friends getting married, and I'm like, I'm getting so old. Everybody's getting married. My life is passing before me. You know, it's crazy just the silly thoughts that you have when you're so young and immature. But all of a sudden, I met somebody else, and we started dating, and I said, now listen, I ain't going to make the same mistake this time around. And I, she's got to be a Christian girl. And I'm like, but this one's not it. But then her mom started talking to me. Well, she goes to this church, the same kind of church I grew up in. I'm like, okay, well, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it must be a duck. And so we started on the journey. And it wasn't very long getting down the journey. It's just like, we're not in agreement here. We are not heading in the same direction. And obviously that fizzled out. And then after that, uh, God said to me, are you going to do what I called you to do? And so then therefore I went to Bible college. And I remember it was the first week of Bible college. Now, not that I was looking for uh, a significant other or wanting to find somebody, but I just sat down and I had a heart-to-heart -heart with God. And many of you may know this story, but I just had a heart-to-heart -heart with God. I said, God, I've messed up once, twice, three times a lady. I'm just not, <laughs> not going down this road again. And I said, God, I'm going to sit down and I'm writing a list of what I want in a mate or a wife. And so I sat down there and the first thing that I said is, God, I want a, a, a woman full of God. I want her full of the Holy Spirit, having a heart to serve you and called to the ministry and not just called to sit on the front row. And there's nothing wrong with wives that are in ministry that just sit on the front row. But I said, God, that's not me. I need, I, I'm not that good and I need somebody to help me. And so I need a wife that's going to help me in ministry and will partner with me. And I said, that's a, a big criteria. And then I started to talk about the physical attributes. You say, you talked about the physical attributes? Yes, because you realize you got to wake up the next morning. <laughs> right? It's just like... <laughs> I just, I'm being real. Come on, you know. In fact, back in the day, there's this story of this young preacher man. And, and this is way back in the days, you know, bef you know, before all the technology and all the different types of ministries. And so back in the day, if you were a young preacher, you wanted to find a wife that played a piano and sang because you needed them to be the, the worship 
portion of the, the church service, you know. And so there was this young preacher, you know, he, he, he tried to find somebody to marry. And every church he went to, they were trying to set him, up, set him up with a woman and he just couldn't find the woman. And so finally he was at this church and there was this young lady that was leading the worship. Man, she could sing like an angel. She could play the piano. And he's like, well, that's, that's got to be her because she can sing and she can play. And so they got married. The next day after they got married, he woke up, rolled over, looked at her, and he says, oh, sing, baby, sing, baby. <laughs> Some of you might get that later on. But anyways, I said, I said to the Lord, I said, I need somebody spiritually, also naturally, that I'm going to be compatible with. And so as a result, my my desires began to be turned towards God. And I said, God, this is the desires of my heart because I know that I am called into ministry and I need a wife, a helpmate, a partner that is going to walk in agreement with me. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so, uh, once again, as we be began to got, uh, uh, started dating my wife and I, uh, when I met her, I met her at Bible college. But I, I was just so afraid that I met her like uh, maybe a month before I graduated from college. And so as we started dating, she lived in Oklahoma. I lived in Michigan, and I was coming back to Michigan. And I'm like, hey, listen, we're just, we're just friends. Don't, don't, don't get serious. And it was because I didn't want to put my heart out there because she had one more year of college. And I'm thinking, there's all kinds of single guys here, and, and I, I don't want to get hurt again. And so... I was home, I was working for General Motors at the time, and I was praying one particular day. And as I went into the workplace, the Lord said this to me as I was walking into the cubicle that I was in. He said to me, he says, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, oh, the Lord said. And so I called her that night after work. I said, the Lord said, and therefore we're getting married. She said, okay, and then just a few months later, we were married. And I'm like, praise the Lord. But here's what I didn't understand, or I didn't, it was only when I was in church that I was actually telling this story, preaching about it, that when I said, the Lord said, what are you waiting for, that all of a sudden I realized that if the Lord said to me, what are you waiting for, he had to have been talking to me about her, but I was so afraid of making a mistake that I wasn't hearing. And so God connected me to the woman that I needed so that we could walk in agreement now here's the thing about my wife and i now again i'm talking to us as a family i'm talking about unity i'm talking about the family unit that god needs us to be in harmony because when it comes to my wife and i there's one thing that i know for certain is that we are in sync spiritually she agrees with and believes the same things that i do it's never going to be one of those moments that i'm like dear god you believe that way no, we're in sync and are on the same page. And so that directs and helps govern our life. The only time that we have a speed bump in our marriage is when I become disagreeable. Amen? And, 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 I, <laughs> and I say that when I become disagreeable because when it comes to my wife, it's typically not her the one that's being disagreeable. It's me that's having to get my heart in check or my attitude in check just because of you know, just being me. 
I mean, she has a whole lot more to deal with dealing with me than I have to do with her, right? But here's my point. Even though there might be speed bumps in the road concerning the natural physical attributes of our, of our relationship, it's always the unification and the harmony of our walk with Jesus that always brings us back to center. I mean, I, I, can, I can be disagreeable, and because of me being disagreeable, it begins to have an effect on her. I set the tide in motion most of the times. Why? Because I'm the leader of the home. I'm the spiritual leader. Now, for anybody that says, oh, dear God, I thought we've got past that. I thought we've come into a place of equality. Oh, we're equal in God. But God has said, as a husband, you're the leader. And wherever you lead, that's where the family's going to go. So let me say it this way. I hold my wife back. You might say, how is that? Well, see, both her and I love Jesus. But see, her relationship, because she's in sync with me, she will only arise to the place that I lead our home. So ultimately, and we love God and we know God, but ultimately, her relationship is going to be, or let me say it this way, I'm going to set the lid in our home and in our relationship for our marriage and for our kids because God has called me to be the one that sets the course for harmony in our life. Amen? Does that make sense? And so once again, God's desiring for our homes to be harmonious, not be disagreeable. But once again, whenever there's friction, there is the power of the Holy Spirit that brings us back to center if we allow it. And I have found that if I as the husband, as the father, if I walk in love, everything lines up. I'm telling you, my wife would not have a bad day if it wasn't for me. She's just that kind of a personality. My kids probably wouldn't have half the, half the bad days if it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And so as me as the husband leading and setting the course for harmony in the home, unification, as I yield to the power of God's love in my life and lead through the power of love, everything begins to align itself. Why? Can two walk together lest they be in agreement? Well, see, if I've got the right person in my life, then I know that it's just a matter of me leading the way. And everything aligns itself. Amen? All right, so let me share this illustration to help bring this point home if I can. Uh, just this past week, uh, uh, we had some things that we had to address here at the church. And... After we addressed it and, and fixed it, the Lord revealed some things. I'm like, that is such an amazing example of harmony. And so this past week, uh, well, actually, uh, just a matter of a few weeks ago, we noticed that the lights in here would flicker every now and then. And we're like, that is just weird. And then it just sporadically, they would flicker in here. It's like, why is it doing that? And so then I came into the auditorium this past week, and as I uh, turned the lights on, these center ones came on, but these ones did not, and the back ones did not. And I'm like, what is going on? So I went down into the utility room, and I went to turn the lights on, and there's no lights. So then I called the electrician guy. I said, hey, Tim. I said, man, there's something going on. Can you come and check this out before you go into work? And so we go down there, and we check it out. And so uh, he 
hits the panel box, and all of a sudden, lights come on. We're like, oh, that's weird. And so then he pulls the panel box, and I'm talking about the circuit breaker box. He pulls the face cover off, and he's looking at it, and we're looking at all the, the, the fuses or the breakers. And it's like, everything looks good. Everything's turned on. But all of a sudden, we would hear this little And every time we heard that the lights would flicker. We're like, that's weird. Where's that coming from? And we're checking the breakers, and we're like, why why was the lights off, and why are they on now? And everyone would hear this, the little buzz. And then we started to look at the very bottom of the panel. There are two power supplies that come in underneath to provide power to the box. Now, if you know anything about a fuse box or a panel box, there's two columns. And therefore, underneath, at least on ours, underneath the, the two power supplies come in. That's the positive. On the top is the neutral side, and that's what creates the circuit or the, the flow or the synergy of the power. Does that make sense? And so as we're looking in, we can't figure it out. I look at one of the, the power supplies, and the wire is melted. And I'm like, Tim, is that supposed to be that way? And he's like, no, uh-uh. And then he, he feels the wire, and he says, yeah, it's, it's hot to the touch. And so then as he's looking at it, he's like, man, that is extremely corroded. And then he starts to wiggle it and says, yeah, it's even loose. And he said, yeah, because of, of it being not really connected to the power supply, it, it's creating friction, and therefore because it's not connected to the power, uh, uh, it, it's starting to get warm and it's starting to melt, and therefore it's starting to cause corrosion. And so he pulls it out and he begins to trim it, fix it, and then reinsert it. But here's the awesome thing, is that when you think about that panel box, there are two sides to that panel box that run parallel, and two power supplies that take care of that. So you can look at it this way. One side is the husband. One side is the wife. Now, the two power supplies come in and feed both sides. But when we found that the one side was not connected to the power source, friction began and there started to be a meltdown. And it started to get corroded. And it was on the opposite side of the other. And so therefore you would think, well, if it's corroded on this side where the power supply is, that it would just affect this one side. But the reality is, is that's not how the unity or the synergy or the flow of power works because it flip-flops back and forth, back and forth. And so that means there was corrosion, a poor connection to power on this side, but the breakers that were being affected were on this side. So here's my point. If that circuit breaker box is a symbolism of marriage of a parallel between a husband and wife both need to be connected to the power source if one is not connected or barely connected you might say well it's my walk with god it doesn't affect you oh yes it does because you are in harmony in order for the power to flow like it should it has to be connected to both sides for there to be the uh, flow that needs to be there. Are you getting this? And so, like I said, when there was a bad connection here, it affected this side, even though it was on this side. And so, when we as husbands and wives 
are not connected to the power supply, it affects the family. It affects your church. Again, you might say, well, it's my business. It's my walk with God. It doesn't affect anybody else. Oh, yes, it does. Because when that power supply was corroded and starting to melt and starting to have friction, it started to affect other breakers in the box. In your life, your breakers might be your mental health. Your breakers might be your marriage. Your breakers might be your physical health. Your breakers might be your finances. Your breakers might be your children. And if the power supply is not connected or connected poorly, it just might have an effect on one of those breakers that mean a whole lot to you. Amen. Now, here's the thing. There are breakers in the box that aren't even being used right now. And you might say, well, this is me right now. It's not affecting anybody right now. Everybody's getting along. But you don't realize that a bad connection now to the power might affect your future or your purpose or the plan of God for your life. Not only that, it might affect the life of your children because they're on a breaker. You're like, well, they look good right now. They're smiling. They're going to church. They're having fun. They're getting good grades. Oh, but down the road? Because the breaker's been poorly connected, you might find that the breaker gets kicked down the road and your children have addiction problems. You might find, oh, there's a baby that showed up and they're only 15 years old, right? Not that we look at that as being a, a horrible thing. I mean, babies are blessings, but in the right time, right? And so my point is this, is being connected together in harmony allows God to provide a supply of power to the entire family. But when husband, wife, mother, father are connected together, there is a synergy and a harmony because they're walking together in agreement. You might even begin to now start to see the flickerings in your children. You might think, how come it seems like I'm trying to turn the switch on in my marriage and there's no love and feeling. <laughs> switch ain't working, man. Maybe you've not been connected to the power for a length of time and there's a breakdown. Amen? Now, remember I said this, friction. Have you ever noticed that, in, I, I said to you that when it comes to me and my, my spouse, I'm typically the problem. That it's me that's being disagreeable. Have you ever noticed that your spouse might start getting disagreeable? And you're like, what is your deal? There's nothing wrong with me. But when you're not, did, did you ever notice? <laughs> Tim and I, we were joking about this. He says, now, he said, just don't let me get stuck to this thing. I'm like, well, just make sure the power's not on because I don't want to have to knock you off that thing. So if you ever know anything about power, if you get hooked onto the power supply, you'll get stuck to the power supply, right? And there is a hole that wants to pull you towards the power supply. 
But if you're trying to resist the pull, I'm talking about the pull of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden there's a friction that's going on on the inside because God's pulling you and, and you're rejected. You're saying, I don't want to be connected that much right now. Oh, I just don't want to be plugged in right now. And what's happening? Friction, decay, uh, uh, corrosion is happening. And it's simply because there's this internal battle. And God's wanting your family, your home, your marriage to be in sync and in connection. Amen. Amen. All right. So once again, we're talking about purposing to allow God to minister to our life. You doing okay? Now, we started a little bit late, so we might go a little bit longer. Is that all right? Are you, are you holding me to a time frame? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you out soon. It's Halloween today. You know, it's all, anyways. Have you ever done this? Whenever you're connected to the power supply and it's connected well, how many of you know everything works and you don't have any kind of frustration? But if you're like me, I don't have the luxury of having a, one of those Generac generators that just kick on in the event that the power goes off. You know, kicks off, oh, all set, it just cocked down, oh, we're all, you know, we'll go back to life. No, the way I got to do it is if I lose power, I got to go out to the barn, dig out the generator that I haven't started in a year, dust it off, get it out, inflate the tires, put gas in it. Then I got to prime the thing because I haven't started in a while. And then finally I fired it up. Once I get it fired up, then I get it plugged in. Then, you know, I got to be selective at what I plug it into because it's not that big of a generator to run the entire household. So the most important thing for me is to plug in the sub pump because I, if I don't plug in the sub pump and it's storming, then I'll have a flood in the basement. So that's the most important thing. And so you have to pick and choose what you plug the power into. And it's an alternate Power supply, right? But it's in the middle of summer. The basement's dry, but the AC ain't running. And it's hotter than a bugger. And then, you know, because it's hotter than a bugger, and because, you know, the storm is going, and they're saying it could be a several, uh, uh, for several days, you know, uh, I can't sleep at night because I'm fretting and worrying about is the power going to still be on? Is the generator going to stay on? Is it going to go out? Is it going to run out of gas? So I'm up all night, haven't slept, been out late, and it just I have not had a good night. Right? Then I wake up in the morning, and, you know, because I've, I've only got a limited power supply, I can't run the water, so I can't take a shower. And then on top of it, it is Sunday morning. And for heaven's sakes... You expect me to go to church. I ain't going to church today. Well, why aren't you going to church today? Because I had an alternate power supply that didn't allow my life to function like it was supposed to. And because of all the headache and all the frustration and all the things that I had to deal with, for heaven's sakes, I am not going to church. But that very well might have been the best thing that I could have done. And please don't misunderstand. If you've got to take care of home, Rather than coming to church, take care of business. You, you get my point. But are you understanding that there is a power supply that God has available? And when we as husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, tap into the power supply, there is a unity, a harmony that takes place in the home. And it can only be done through God's way. Amen? Now, let me ask you this. How many of you... Some of us have had multiple phases of life. How many of you 
have upgraded your homes. Maybe you lived in an apartment and you bought a first home. Has anybody ever done that in your life? Lived in an apartment, bought a first home. Okay, many of you in here have. How many of you have bought the first home but realized that now the first home was too small and we got to upgrade, we got to buy a bigger home? Anybody done that yet? All right, now you got into the bigger home. Did you add on? Did you, did you put a garage on? Did you build a barn? Anybody do that since you've been into that house? Anybody? Some of you? Maybe? Nobody? None of you live in the farm? Oh, I see one back there. Yeah, you did an upgrade. Anybody add the, the, the hot tub and all the, 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 the pool and things of that nature? Anybody do those little things? A couple of you? All right, sure. My point is this, is that our home, our livelihood, we upgrade our homes and I can venture to say that not many of us look at it and say, okay, what is it going to cost for power? Because if I upgrade from the apartment to the first house, power is going to cost me more. And if I upgrade from this house to the bigger house, my power bill might be double. And dear God, did you know how much power the, the jacuzzi takes to keep that running? I mean, it just sucks the power. I mean, the wheel's spinning, baby. You know what I'm talking about. But whenever we do those things, we don't stop and say, what is it going to cost me to tap into power? No, what do we do? We just do what we feel led to do, and we know that the power will be there, and whatever it costs, we'll be able to handle it, right? But how come it is is that when God's pulling us to the next level and saying, I want you to experience more of me. I want you to experience more of my goodness and my power. I want you to experience more harmony in your marriage. And we ask the question, what's it going to cost? Let me tell you something. For you to experience the love of God, it didn't cost you and it won't cost you nothing because Jesus paid the price for it. It's free. Amen. It isn't going to cost you anything. Well, it's, you expect me to change. God don't expect you to change. The way that God made you, he made you the way that you are. Sometimes we question, God, why did you make him that way? <laughs> right? But God made you the way that you are. Now, you might have gotten a little rough around the edges or something. And that's not God's design. That's just maybe your own doing. But God is never saying, in order for you to experience my power, all you got to do is change. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it's kept people away from God. It's kept people from church. It's kept people from having an awesome marriage because they think that they've got to change. And God says, listen, if you'll just plug into the power, you'll find that everything you have need of is there. And you might say, well... Man, I'm finding that I'm just, I'm different. Would you realize you start hanging around God, you're going to be and act different? Not that you're saying, oh, dear God, i got to change. No, you just start changing because you become more like God. Amen. Now, once again, this is my closing statement. Stand with me, if you will. God's longing to have harmony and have unity with you. Because he's got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for your marriage. He's got a purpose for your children. And it is not a difficult thing. And the Lord gave me this example this morning. My son is going to be 10 in two weeks. And just the other day, we were walking into Home Depot. And my son, at 10 years old, 
still reaches out to grab my hand. Now, there was a time uh, 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 maybe a year ago where that bothered me. I'm like, man, boy, let go of my hand. You're like nine years old. Quit that. But then i like, you know what? I love the fact that he's wanting to reach out and hold my hand. And he can do it as long as he wants to. Because what it does is he says, Dad, I'm just partnering and surrendering to you because you're my dad. And so, one of the things that I found, as we're holding hands together, we're in sync. And it's not a forced thing. Our arms are swinging together. And because I'm dad, my son takes on my pace. And have you ever noticed, like, if you walked with your son, and you're walking and you start to cross the parking lot, but then there's a car that's coming, and you're like, Ooh, you do that? Just because I'm holding my son's hand, he instantly becomes unified with me, and he goes, oh, yeah, dad stopped, I'm stopping. I didn't have to say to him, hey, son, stop. Because he's holding my hand, we became in sync, and he just stayed in pace with me and stopped when danger was coming. When it comes to your relationship with God, God is not dragging you and saying, come on, dummy. Are you going to get yourself together? Come on. No, he's reaching his hand and saying, man, I'm here to walk with you. And the more your purpose is to reach out and hold on to daddy's hand, you'll find that you'll come in sync with him. Life begins to look different, feel different. And you'll begin to find that the husband and the wife begin to look different, feel different. Why? Because I'm in sync with God and we are in sync together. And we didn't have to force it to happen. And God didn't force me to make it happen. Amen. There's a power supply available to us to have the best life. And how does it happen? Part of it is through the local church doing life together. And that's why I so love my church. That's why we so love you is because we get to do this life together. Amen. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I'm just going to say a prayer. But if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I want to extend my hand to the Father God this morning and say, I want a purpose just to say, God, lead my life. You'll find that he extends his hand to you so gently and lovingly that you'll just want to walk with him. Now listen, here's my invitation as I ask you, if that's you, if you want to raise your hand, say, God, I want to extend my hand to you. I don't care who you are, where you've been, or how long you've been in church. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you. This is between you and God. But I just want to have the opportunity to know who in this place says, I want to walk more with God. I know I'll have my hand raised. On the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Oh, come on, man. Hands all over the place. Praise the Lord. Oh, man. What an awesome start. A church in unity saying we want more of God and God lead us. Amen. Let's pray together. You just pray, uh, extend your faith with us. Those of you watching online, you can pray with us as well because God wants to take your hand and lead your life. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift and the price that Jesus paid for us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do anything for it. All we have to do is by faith say, God, I receive it in Jesus' name. So, so, God, we surrender our lives. You're not asking us to change. 
You're just simply asking us for, for us to extend our hand to yours, to reach out, take hold. And as you do, you so lovingly lead, guide, and direct. God, you lead us out of disaster. You lead us into blessing. You lead us into the goodness of God. God, I thank you that, Lord, our marriages are turning, our families are turning, our church is turning, and we're coming into a greater place of unity like never before in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.